Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves, sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Unpacking Brain Drama. Here we are again with a doctor, Wendy Schofer. We are just starting, I think this is our second episode. We're doing a little mini-series here with our coach friends who work in not just post-traumatic growth um, areas of work, but they come across it with their clients on all different levels and also maybe have gone through some of it themselves as we all have, which is what we're doing here, everybody. We're unpacking some brain drama. So today we are here with Wendy Schofer. She is a pediatric doctor, pediatrician, I guess is what they call you, huh, Wendy? And she is also a weight loss coach for families. So I can't even wait to dive into this because usually it's always for like one person or one type of person but to um, actually talk to somebody who coaches on weight loss for an entire family is uh, something I haven't really um, talked about yet. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I am so glad to be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Such an opportunity to laugh together. (laughs) It's been a while since we've been chatting together. So this will be fun and exciting. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I already spilled the beans and said you're a pediatrician and a weight loss coach for families, but tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of how you got there and some of the things that have gotten the way or helped you push forward. Oh my goodness gracious. Where to start? It's kind of like, okay, here you go. This is your life. So, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll start with where I am. You know, I am like pediatrician. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Um, I'm a, you know, a military veteran and now military spouse. I'm proudly, um, sporting just that card now, the spouse card, (laughs) but uh, I live in Virginia with my family and it's been a long road, you know, to, to get here. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I love being a pediatrician. I absolutely love being a pediatrician. And it's something that I realized along the way, how much I loved it because there were so many challenges, um, that, that popped up along the way from, you know, training through, you know, my work practice. Um, but I kept on coming back because there is, you know, something there that's inherently part of me and, um, coaching fast forward to coaching, coaching really helped me discover that. Um, about the parts that I really uh, was truly in love with. And, uh, you know, we were actually talking ahead of time about, you know, burnout and how it's such a common experience right now. And definitely one that, that I've experienced um, where I thought that I just wasn't ready. Uh, I couldn't, you know, continue in medicine at that point in time. And uh, coaching really helped me rediscover what I did love about pediatrics and practice. And then, um, you know, I've expanded since then with creating my own business. I still practice clinically, but um, I've been able to figure out what it is that really works with me. 
um, the practice that I want to have, how I want to connect with families and um, look at healing outside of the medical office, how we can help families heal at home, you know, really, really connecting there. And that has really been um, a different perspective than what I was trained with. And it's something that I realized that it's truly my practice coming to life outside of the medical office. Oh, that's so interesting. Now, when you said that you were going through some burnout, it almost sounded like you didn't realize that that was you going through burnout at first, right? And um, you also mentioned that coaching, there's a few different things that I wanted to unpack here. There, you'd also mentioned that coaching helped you like rediscover your love for yeah. practicing pediatrics. And was there a was there a part of you or was there a time where you felt like you were falling out of love with what you were doing? Or was it the actual burnout that you mentioned that was creating that or hindering your love for what you were doing? I honestly think it was all interrelated. I mean, at the time, um, I, I struggled through my training, um, through, you know, residency, um, well, you, you know, even in, in medical school, um, I know now I need a lot of sleep and I didn't get a lot of sleep back then. <laughs> I thought, you know, very much sleep going to school for like in medical field. I don't even know if you students even sleep through that. Well, I got to tell you, um, I don't know how much I slept either, but I know how much of a mess I was back then. And, you know, it's funny how, as I look back, there are very particular examples that I have that like come to life in my mind. And they are all ones where it was in the middle of the night. I couldn't put two thoughts together. <laughs> and of course I took so much um, criticism as far as not being the resident, not being the doctor that, you know, my, my attendings wanted me to be, you know, that I should be at a different place um, that instead of going home with my um, then like one-year-old daughter and playing with her, I should go home and read more. Mm. And I was just freaking exhausted. Like <laughs> I had nothing else to give, but, but I didn't recognize that. I thought it was just that I wasn't working hard enough, that I wasn't dedicated enough. And that's something that spilled into, like, after I graduated, um, in my first years as an attending physician, so independent, nobody, you know, looking over me, I was like, oh my God, I'm not cut out for this. I can't work, you know, full time and still have any energy left over for my kids. Um, that, that exhaustion, the frustration, all of it. And I think that's so amazing because I think that in itself is probably something that was contributing to you already working towards that burnout and not recognizing that, that, that just like inherent need to go home and play with the baby was your body and your brain's way of decompressing of stress relieving that was so needed for you. And now you are looking at it like it's a bad thing. Or these people were yeah. telling you that, right? So now you're kind of like forcing yourself to not do the exact thing that you really, really needed. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I, I didn't realize it at the time, you know, and this is something where I kept on switching jobs and like different, 
you know, kind of work structures. And there was always something that was coming up, like always a different way that I was basically internalizing that, well, you know, just in interpreting it, that I wasn't good enough, um, wasn't working hard enough, whatever it was. And that's the thing. I mean, we didn't have the words for, you know, burnout back then. I had no idea. In fact, when I first heard about burnout, I was like, what is this that everybody's talking about? Everybody's experiencing it. What do you, I was such a skeptic. And then I actually paid attention. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I went through. That's what I went through. The, you know, the frustration and, you know, just thinking that, you know, I wasn't efficient. I wasn't enough, you know, all of, all of that, um, that depersonalization, so many frustrations. And so after the fact, I had the word for it. Mm. And so, you know, that's something that, I mean, yeah, how helpful it would have been to have those tools way back when, yeah. but man, I'm sure squeezing the juice out of them now, like <laughs> to, to understand for myself. I mean, I look at it that I've, I now understand so much more about myself, about, you know, that, that my expectations for myself, for my practice. And, um, yeah, it, it's truly something that's changing in medicine anyway, as far as that opportunity to see what it is that we can do as doctors to be able to address burnout personally, as well as systemically. And then, um, in my case, you know, I'm, I got the tools. I can make sure it's, it's never happening again. So, you know, how does that change for somebody? So now, I mean, I hear you saying you got the tools now as a coach. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm a time creation coach, so I literally am doing the same thing, right? I'm teaching the tools to keep you productive and loving what you do without working towards burnout. And if you had to describe burnout to somebody, it is different for all of us, right? There's different ways that we burn out. Um, but frustration, like you mentioned, um, just this exhaustion, this mental and physical fatigue. What do you think? Like, so what has shaped changed when you say I'll never go through that again? Is it because you have a lot more love and compassion for yourself through these things, or you have more self-awareness, or are you implementing tools in your daily routines to help you with the frustration and that, because that's, that's to me is the, the key is being able to do things to take care of yourself throughout the day so that you're not frustrated and freaked out and out of control with your mind and crazy exhaustion. Yes. Um, to <laughs> all of the above. So <laughs> it's such a combination because there was no one like magic bullet. Anybody that puts it out there that there's a magic bullet, they're they're full of it. You know, it's not one thing. It is learning about compassion. So, you know, what I didn't experience being given to me during my training, okay? How can I give that to myself? How would I talk to, you know, a, a colleague, a girlfriend, my sister, you know, my daughter, you know, going through that at the same time and offering that to myself? you know, hun, you need some rest. Like it's really that simple. Okay. It's not the end all be all answer, but just starting off with recognizing that 
when I finally had the opportunity to, to rest, it was something that I, I noticed that I would feel so much better on um, vacations when, you know, I was taking time off. I was like, it's not the time off. Oh, hold on a minute. How am I sleeping? And I actually recognized that I need more sleep than you typically talk about <laughs> with adults. Like I need nine hours consistently every night. Well, I never knew that. I was nowhere close to that. But it wasn't until later on where I started creating more space, you know, in my schedule, like carving that time out. That I was like, oh, this is magical. Yeah. This is absolutely magical to start doing that. And so, I mean, part of my time creation is making sure that it starts with sleep because everything else gets fuzzy if I don't have good sleep. Oh my goodness, it all falls apart. Well, you know, I mean, when you, you, like you went straight into being a weight loss coach and that was going to be like my, my next thing is, you know, when you are dealing with burnout, along with those symptoms, we look for remedies for those symptoms, right? And if we're frustrated, we might look to binge watching Netflix. We might look to food. We might look to alcohol or shopping or another addiction (laughs) to try to self-medicate or relieve the frustration. You know, some people might have the ability and luxury, I think, uh, of maybe going out on a golf course or a tennis court or swimming, like they might be able to outlet that way um, with exercise or something a little more healthy, but then it can go the other way. Mm-hmm. If, if we're exhausted, we might just come home, plop down on the couch with a beer and a television screen or something like that, instead of playing with kids or doing something interactive. I I think that, you know, kind of like what you said before, one person's burnout is one person's burnout. Um, It's something that I find a hard time trying to make a generalization as far as how it's experienced or, you know, how people will um, necessarily address it because everybody's so different. I mean, yeah, we have kind of, you know, like these are the defining features so that we all know that we're kind of talking about the same thing. But, you know, even with, with burnout, you know, we always talk about it being an occupational syndrome. Well, oh, hey, by the way, um, it's something that's also impacting parents, stay at home parents, you know, folks that it's not necessarily all about the occupation. Mm. It's about all the expectations, Oh, whether it's internal or external. And I don't know that I've ever really said that out loud before, but it's really something about, you know, that what is it that we're expecting of ourselves and meeting that, um, that bar, how we're telling ourselves that we are killing it, or, you know, we're just, you know, not meeting those expectations. And, you know, in my medical training, it was the external expectations you know, that they wanted me to work for multiple days in a row. And this was well before there was any kind of like caps on hours and all that kind of jazz. I was just going to say, that's what made you a superstar, right? The more you can work, the harder you can work, the more amazing you are as a human being. And the more- Oh, I am so over this hero thing. Yeah, (laughs) labels that get attached to it. Even, even if you weren't a doctor, I certainly wasn't a doctor, but I remember even growing up, my mother would say like, please work while you're young. 
two jobs, three jobs. And I did. I was working two jobs, going to school at night, raising a kid. Like that made me look how great she is. Yeah. Labels that get attached to the work yourself into the ground <laughs> routine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Where do I have it? I'm going to quick grab something for you to share. Okay. The video, But I got to tell you like the expectations. So I love a little Gandhi. Okay. So we all know about, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yes. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, inspirational. I use this against me, totally used it against me because, you know, as I was that pediatrician trying to be everything to everyone, I would see, you know, my, my patients that had needs beyond, you know, what could be provided locally. I didn't have additional resources with case managers and social workers and a, a large network where I was. And so I kept on thinking if I'm going to be the change that I wish to see, I need to be everything to be able to help them. Okay. That was an internal <laughs> issue here. That's not going to no, but that's the thing that it's not all about the external. It's not all about the system, the administration. It's also that stuff that we're telling ourselves. And it sounds so beautiful and lovely. And this is how, you know, what it means to be an excellent pediatrician. It was hurting me. It was totally hurting me. It was hurting my family big time. And it wasn't really helping the patients either because I wasn't able to to sustain it. Yeah, I think that that type of uh, hard, dedicated work, um, there's a place for it, but it's very short lived. Like if you need to do it in a spurt, okay, but it's yeah. not long term sustainable, which is, you know, obviously, when we, I hear a lot about grit, and I think grit is great. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, it's not long term sustainable, we can't white knuckle our way. Um, to success, to long-term success. Anyway, we can have moments. Yeah. Well, and that's where I appreciate the comment. Um, I'm not exactly sure if there's someone in particular I'm supposed to attribute this to, but you know, that, that rest isn't something that you, you know, have to get to that point where you can rest. It's not something that, you know, you fill up your reservoir once you get there, you know, with the rest It's something you build in all along the way. And I think of it as pacing, like how do we really pace ourselves that it's sustainable? Um, you know, really one of the things that I've been expanding upon um, with uh, some of my clients is like, how do you live a life that you're not just waiting for the next break from it? Yes. Not yes. waiting for vacation, counting down the days. And then once you're on vacation, you're like, oh crap, I only have three more days until I go back. Like our mindset around that is like, I just need to wait for this. No, how do you build that in along the way that you're refueling, you know, taking that meditation break, taking, oh my God, the potty break. <laughs> it's really that simple. Sleeping all along the way. I hear that with teachers a lot and with doctors, you know, that potty break that you just talked about. Um, and nurses. Okay. I'm talking to y'all. Okay. Yes. Every single one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of professions where you have to, you know, I mean, even as a realtor, if I'm out showing, uh, as so many houses, you know, 
we're not using, you know, different people's houses. We have to like wait until there's a break in the schedule. So that's important to make sure oh, that you yeah. don't schedule five houses in a row for two hours or three hours that somewhere in there you schedule the opportunity, or even if it's a 15 minute gap in between two houses where you can go and maybe stop at a Wawa or, you know, wherever. So I love hearing the Pennsylvania Wawa. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking me back home. I love it. (laughs) Are you, you're uh, originally from here? I am. I am. I know those Wawas. <laughs> if you get the right one, if you get the right one. So tell me, okay, so keep going. You, your, your, your coaching got you to love your, your practice again. Yeah. Yeah. And got you out of the burnout situation where you got some awareness around rest. Um, and I, I am also, I am a huge advocate of morning routines, nighttime routines, and they have to have things that set you up for the next day. Um, and exercising your body provides mental and physical relief. You think that it's giving you like fatigue, but it's not, it's actually energizing you and meditation, journaling, gratitude, like, I don't care what you do whether you're just talking and manifesting into the universe, but you have to do something, take care of your mental health, even if it's just even like prayer, all of that are really, really number one top good things to, to do to help with alleviating that pain point of stress and frustration and allowing mm-hmm. you to show up with a little more peace and calm. So it's how did that take about- you to coaching though? How did that take oh. you to coaching on weight loss? Oh, um, so, well, so a, a couple of things. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, there's so many threads that I'm trying to figure out which one I want to pull on. Right. Now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's so much fun. I love this. Um, you know, it's actually something that I coaching helped me. Okay. Coaching is something that I was totally doing for myself and I was finding that, I was having such tremendous changes in my life, specifically with my relationships. And uh, there were relationships that had been strained on 20 some odd years in my family and they were changing. And Lord knows it wasn't that other person who was changing. Okay. It was totally me. And so when I saw that happening, I was like, hold the phone. What is this? Let me see what I can do here. And so I started applying what I was learning from coaching beyond, you know, the relationships with my extended family. And I started bringing it home and just seeing like how I could improve, um, what I was seeing in my own home. So yeah, I was the parent that was worried about my own kid's weight. Absolutely. I had so many, tools and so much information and all the stuff about what's healthy. We've been doing that all the time. So why was I worried about my kid's weight? Well, that was something for me to really understand, to really um, see how, quite honestly, I was using all of my medical knowledge to control my kids. That's not helpful, by the way, Um, (laughs) about how much they needed to move or what, you know, what they should be eating and what's healthy and what shouldn't be, you know, what they shouldn't be eating. 
And so go figure, you know, I'd find the wrappers, you know, with the food in, in the room because it was being snuck. Um, they didn't want to go out and exercise. And it's because I was trying to ramrod health without really understanding about the relationships. Coming back completely full circle, what I'm learning from coaching, because these are things that we do not learn in medicine. Oh my goodness, never learned about you know healthy relationships, let alone how you create them. And definitely not learning anything about mindset in any of my, you know, my medical uh, trainings. And um, it was something that I started to see, hold on a minute. The way that we eat is based off of our relationship with food. Mm-hmm. How we look at our body is right. That's a relationship. We have a relationship with the scale. We have a relationship as we're looking at our bodies and talking about weight and how much power we give to the scale and the number to dictate, you know, like how successful we are, how healthy we are, how good we're being as parents, whether we're a failure or not, like all of this. And it's like, oh, this is awful. But hold on a minute. I see a different way. I see a different way. And so honestly, I started learning through what I was doing in my own home. And um, I, I created the business. Honestly, I, I dove into coaching um, because I'm like, oh, I want to just use this in my practice. I want to you know dive into it further for myself because it is so helpful for me. And in coaching, you know, we're supposed to you know practice with other people. And oh my gosh, as a physician, uh, it's all about liability, man. <laughs> I just created the business so that I could get the liability insurance because I wanted to make sure that I could separate it out. And then over time, you know, folks are like, Hey, this is really helpful as I was doing the practice clients. And so it just kind of grew from there. I didn't actually go into it thinking that this is what I was going to be doing and creating a new business. It's something that spoke to me and I just let it kind of drive me forward. It spoke to you and you listened. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that um, when we think about, like, I I, I 100% agree with you. I think that um, everything that we create out there is because of our relationship with ourself, number one, Um, because our relationship with everything really comes back as a projection of our relationship with ourselves, whether it's our relationship with like you said, food, money, alcohol, our business, our clients, our work, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's our relationship with shopping, it's, it all comes down to how we feel about ourselves and our relationship with ourselves. And, and that's the one relationship that we don't really take a look at or even know how to. Yeah. You know, it's funny bringing it back to the medicine part, you know, that's where, Um, as I started learning through coaching more about myself, what motivates me, what I need, how I can actually recognize that and meet my own needs first. Okay. Sleep. Okay. That's a great example. It's always going to be my first example, (laughs) but then I can be so much more effective with everyone else. And so like what I needed, I needed sleep. 
I needed um, to be able to move every day. Like that whole thing, like I don't exercise, I move because I'm a much nicer person. (laughs) It benefits everybody when I move every day. You know, it's stress relief. It's just a creative way for me to express, you know, through through my body. Um, These are things that I need. And as I started recognizing that and being able to stand up and say, hold on a minute, this is how I work best. Yeah. When I get my sleep, when I move, when I have this focus time to be able to, you know, address, and then other times that I'm not paying attention to this. And so what actually helped me with falling back in love with medicine is I put it in its box. I didn't let it follow me along all day long. I didn't take medicine home with me. I learned to leave work at work. Oh, that, that my eyes just my, brain just, my brain just exploded when you said that, because seriously, I almost think that um, certain professions, I think they, we find it very difficult to leave it at the door. Um, I know in real estate, that's a huge thing because we allow phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. Some of us do, you know, Mm -hmm. and some of us that are smarter don't, (laughs) they'll have it on their greeting that, you know, if it's after a certain time, you know, they will return the call the next day after a certain time. And I think that that's so smart because they're taking care of setting their own boundaries around their work and their, their selves and their family. So I think it really does all come down to our relationship with ourselves and, and how we create boundaries around ourselves for protecting us and everybody around us. Like you said, and I love that you said, move my body and not exercise because there's so many times, you know, I'm perfectly fine if I skipped the gym, but I danced my butt off in the kitchen. You know, I mean, it has to happen. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is it has to happen, but it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're out there and you're moving your body and you're feeling good and it's energizing you. That's the part that's really important is how it shifts your mind. We, we say mindset, you have to have a good mindset, but we don't really give anybody clear directions on how to do that. Yeah. What the heck is that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, you have to be aware of, get rid of your limiting beliefs. Well, if they were not limiting beliefs, we would, I mean, how do we know what they are? They're clearly something that's, you know, it's like a shitty app running in the background. You don't know what it is. It's just draining your battery. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all that. Yeah, exactly. It's all that BS that we keep on telling ourselves and we just take it on like, oh yeah, it's just the way it is. Just the way it is. I I think about again, those, those dark days, you know, in my early career and just, it was like having that like little gnome, like the little devil on my shoulder that just kept on telling me, um, you know, that I wasn't doing it good enough, you know, dedicated enough, all that kind of stuff. It was just, you know, all these things that I kept on thinking it needed to look a certain way. And it's funny, once I, I broke that all down, I was like, hold on a minute. It's like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, to live out somebody else's role. Like I'm trying to act in somebody else's part and it's not working. How about I like actually figure out what my role is, what what it is that I want to do. And that's where it really took off. Um, I guess the other part that came up with this is 
instead of looking at where I like looking at weaknesses and, you know, oh my God, like medicine, it's all about like, let's identify what needs to be fixed. Let's look at the problem. Well, we do the same thing with doctors and training and it's like, oh, well, you're not particularly good at this area, but we got to make you stronger. How about where I am strong? How about where I am strong? You know where I wasn't strong in the NICU. Okay. Let's just admit it. I was not strong working in a place where there were these teeny tiny babies who were repeatedly trying to die on me. Like, let's just call it what it is that it was not the environment for me. It wasn't okay. There are other doctors who thrive there. Awesome. But all I heard was how I was not good enough, smart enough, all of that. You know where I am good enough, smart enough, and all of that connecting with folks. My mojo is totally connecting. Well, those babies were not making it very easy for me to connect with them in the NICU. So it's just the nature of what it is. Yeah. There are other physicians that thrive there. For me, it's outpatient. It's the ongoing um, relationships and working with folks side by side uh, over time. Well, that totally lends very well to my coaching career as well. I've finally given myself the opportunity to look at it and say, hey, this is where I'm really strong. Let me work to this instead of trying to fix what is, you know, broken. I don't need that. Well, when you're working with families, what does that look like? Does it, is a husband, wife come to you together because they have children that are overweight? They're all overweight. What does that really look like? And how do you help them? So here's what happens most frequently. Okay. Again, my answer is always yes, but (laughs) all of the above, (laughs) but the the most common uh, is that I have a parent who reaches out to me most commonly, the mother um, about concerns about their child's weight, Um, whether they are, you know, meeting the threshold for, you know, being diagnosed as overweight or having obesity, But I got to tell you, a lot of times it's not even that there's a diagnosis. It's just that concern about, well, I see them growing. The doctor tells me not to worry about it, but I'm still worried. I'm not sure, you know, how, you know, how we can get them to eat, eat less, to eat differently, to move more. And then it comes out and I've had my other concerns for myself all this time. And that can look like either I've had my own challenges, my own struggles with weight, with repeated diets, um, maybe using exercise in an unhealthy way to control weight. And then the other side of it is parents who are like, I have no idea where this is coming from. We eat healthy. We're all healthy, but now I have concerns for my kid. And so it looks a little bit different. And that's where, you know, how I, I describe it as parents that are worried about weight because it looks a little bit different for everyone, but underlying it, it's still where there's so much focus on the scale, on the weight and the conventional wisdom is that, you know, well, you got to focus on it to be able to change it. Well, maybe we need to really consider what it is that we're trying to change, what it is that we're trying to control with weight, with eating, with moving, And in particular with the relationships that, that we have at home. Yeah. So do you find that it ultimately comes down to 
uh, an emotional issue more than an actual food intake issue? I think it's more of, um, I think it's understanding what's going on right now, as far as just appreciating what's happening in the background without labeling it as a problem. Because, you know, again, like when we start seeing our kids' bodies changing, you know, they're, you know, growing through clothing, or maybe there's different parts of their bodies that are growing faster than other parts of their bodies. Our brains are like, where's the problem? I want to fix this. Yeah. And I think that's first just understanding um, what's really going on. Try to step back a little bit because as parents, there is a lot of um, trying to as, as parents, we make a lot of things mean like how we are doing as parents, how good we're, we're being as parents, um, what kind of a job we're doing based off of how our kids are doing. Well, how are they thriving at school? How are they getting along with others? Um, we're also doing that with how they're growing. Mm. And so, you know, again, this is why I, I work with the parents because it's, it's not actually about what the child is, is doing. It's about how we can help the child, you know, how we can help our children by understanding what they're experiencing right now. Um, having the opportunity to not see it as a problem. Good point. It doesn't mean there won't be changes, but just, you know, there's a difference between thinking that there's a problem with how your child is doing things versus working with them to help them find what works better for them. I agree. That's a real, that's really great awareness that you're teaching them. Um, I think we could have this conversation all day and we might have to do a, a, an episode two on it because uh, I think that the work with a family as an entire family is so beneficial because so many times you're working with one person on trying to improve their health because that's really what the goal is um, to be able to go for walks, play with grandchildren, go, you know, play with your kids. That's the goal. The, the nutrition and the, the weight is kind of like the strategic byproducts that you kind of have to get to the habits that we're going to create to achieve that. But um, so many times there's like, if it isn't self-sabotage, you're going back to like, you want to do really well, but then people around you are bringing other food in that you're trying to stay away from. It was kind of like me when I was trying to quit smoking and my husband still smoked more mm -hmm. than I did. It was, it makes it very difficult to try to choose a different path for yourself when other family members are not on the same page. So I think this is a really um, interesting way, approach of doing it. And of course, um, most people in the family have to be on board, I guess. Well, and I got to tell you, most people are not on board. So that's oh. actually part of the fun working yeah. through it. You know, um, I think of it as family, extended family um, in particular is part of the environment just like we've got food pretty much everywhere as a part of our environment. Now what? Now what? How are we going to figure this out? Yes. It's not something that we can run and hide. 
It's not that we can banish all food, just like the whole thing with electronics. We can't banish all of it. It's a part of our environment. Yeah. We can't banish grandpa from sending the cookies because it's his love language. Like (laughs) that may have been my own example that I just used anyway, but (laughs) a hundred, a hundred individually wrapped cookies sent at Christmas time. Hey, that's what he does. So, and I love that you called it his love language. That's our, our vendors, our vendors (laughs) in our office. That's their love language. Our lender has chocolates, you know, basketful of chocolates and they bring in pretzels and chocolate chip cookies and all the things. So yeah, (laughs) I'm like trying to kill us. Um, So, okay. Dr. Wendy, where can we, find you if we want to work together with you um do do you accept clients uh you're in where are you in the world i'm in virginia but i'm everywhere i'm at a zoom link near you (laughs) um yeah please yeah i i love it i do have clients from all around the world but uh you know you can find me at wendyshoffermd.com I will highlight, I actually just launched a brand new mini course. Um, So hopefully I can drop some information on that here. Um, It's called Weight Loss 101 for Your Whole Family. I love it. And I got to tell you, it's really answering the questions because I kept on hearing on all these different forums and parents saying, okay, I've got concerns about my kid's weight. Where do I start? Where is Weight Loss 101? I'm like, oh my God, I've got that for you. I got it. And so it's taking all of the most common questions that parents ask and answering them with quite honestly, the uncommon answers, um, that actually work (laughs) like the ones that we need to hear, but they're not the ones that you've heard before. And so I invite folks to come on over. Um, you can join me with the mini course. I'm always looking for more questions. Um, because I want to make sure that I'm really meeting people where they are. So I'm happy to expand the course as well. And then I also have my podcast, uh, Family in Focus with Wendy Chauffeur, MD. And I would love to have you there. Oh my God. All of this information, all of these links are going to be in the show notes. And it has been so great talking with you as always. Oh my goodness gracious. I love it. I love it. (laughs) This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. And it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.